This is the Rebel HR Podcast, the podcast about all things innovation in the people space. I'm Kyle Rode. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Rebel HR community. Extremely excited for the conversation and the guest today. With us, we have Lauren Fitzpatrick-Shanks. She is the founder of KeepWall, as well as its CEO, and we are going to be talking all about how to drive change successfully in human resources and learning and development. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Kyle. I'm happy to be here. Well, we are extremely excited to have you here as well and and uh, really looking forward to the conversation. With us, we also have Patrick Moran. Patrick, welcome back. Yay. Glad to be back. It's been a while. I'm excited for this uh, this conversation. Absolutely, me too. Well, Lauren, um, you know, I think it's it's really fascinating some of the work that you've done. I'd like for you to to give our listeners a little bit of a background and and what motivated you to found KeepWall and drive change in your space. Yeah, that's a great question. It's a question I often get, and so I always like to start with a bit of my story, my journey of my career journey. Um, so. If you're not aware, which most people are aware, um, by 2025, millennials and Gen Zers are going to make up 70% of the workforce. And I think once we throw in Gen X, that's up to 85% of the workforce in less than two years. But on average, for the millennials and Gen Z, we're spending less than three years at any company. And I actually understand this really well. I'm a millennial, I'm a female engineer, and I'm also the first Black woman to graduate from the University of Kansas's aerospace engineering department. And so when I entered the workforce, I worked at five Fortune 500 companies over the span of 14 years. So some quick math there, that's about three years on average at each company. And my main issue was that no one in my industry was able to relate to me and I didn't feel like my needs were being heard and proactively acted upon. So I created this solution to connect listen and learn at a deeper level. And my whole thought process behind this is like, I'm a rocket scientist. This isn't rocket science. We should be able to figure this out. It's not hard. And so Keep Wool stands for Keep Wondering Out Loud. And basically what we've built here is this interactive platform that emphasizes cohort-based learning amongst direct teams. Because when people leave companies, you'll often hear that They didn't leave the company, they left a manager, but they're really leaving an environment. It's not just the manager, it's the project team, the the direct teams that they're working with. It's that complete environment that's happening. And we have cohort-based learning within like schooling, when we're going to college and things like that, or any type of certification, but we don't think about the teams that we work on as a cohort and a collective of support for one another and getting and meeting our goals and our objectives. And so we kind of took that outlook from it, but we also are using gaming principles and psychology. um, And we've developed this AI-powered gamification platform that engages, develops, and helps companies retain their top talent. So KeepWell is backed by science and designed to be fun while providing that those actionable insights and people analytics that HR loves so much but also helping leaders to have ownership and really champion champion change, improving team effectiveness and elevating company culture. So it's not just a, hey, the C-suite has decided 
this is what we're going to say our company culture is. And we just will assume everyone falls in line. It's like, nope, every new person that comes into this company is creating and making up this culture. And as we add people and as people leave, it adapts and we're adapting with it. And we're giving that power to direct leaders as well as the team as a whole. So employees really have a say and emphasis on like their success and where they're going. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and what we're building here at Kipul. Well, I think, you know, it, it really resonates with me and I'm sure it resonates with our audience because I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with individuals of all generations who are like, I'm just looking for something that helps me learn. You know, I'm helping for something that, that helps me understand and interpret the expectations better. I'm looking for where I can continue to grow within my current role. And, you know, so often our answer is, well, uh, I don't know. Here's a, here's like a training catalog on this, like, you know, online platform. Does something look interesting? You know, every once in a while, you'll get a leader that's, that will take the time and sees the value and invests in understanding their goals and abilities and understanding what, what, what their motive, what motivates them. But, but that's the exception, not the rule. Right. And I think the reality is I'm saying that. And I guarantee you, everybody listening is probably nodding along and saying, yep, I've heard that. I agree. So something's not working right, right now in our organizations. And so, so as you were, 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 were founding this organization and as you were reflecting on, on your experience and some of the research that led you to do this, what were some of those areas where you were just saying, this is just, this is just a massive gap that we need to address. That is everything that you just said. I was, no one could see me, but I'm over here like nodding. (laughs) Yep, yep. Same sentiments, understood it. And I think it's very interesting because how I like to look at it is we currently have a status quo for what we think about when we say, what does employee engagement and team building look like and learning and development look like? There, there's a status quo of what is provided. And I feel like oftentimes, like like I said, my background is not in HR at all, but I did grow up in a family. Like my mom has a master's degree in human resources, been doing that her entire life. And my father also has a master's degree in human resources, but I did not like work in that field. So my perspective is way different because it's more so of a perspective of like, an employee that's receiving and when I'm going to HR for support in something, like what am I getting when I'm going to my leader? Like how are they addressing things and how are they directing me to HR? We all know and hear that HR is like the bad word in a company. It's not like, it's not the like, yeah, let me go talk to HR. It's a like, oh gosh, I got to talk to HR. Like that's kind of how you're feeling. So when I think about the current process and when we're looking at the gaps, There's three main elements that I think about when it comes to employee engagement and retention. So number one, there's these employee experience platforms that are basically, they're they're focused on engagement and seeing engagement metrics, but they're only focused on collecting the feedback. And it's the feedback that they're deciding, like, what type of questions do I want to ask? What way do I want to pointedly direct employees to answering these questions? They're not actually enabling the engagement. So that's one thing. I'm like, how do we call this like experience and engagement platforms when I'm like, these aren't actually enabling engagement. They're just trying to track is engagement happening, but 
what are you doing to make engagement happen? I, I don't understand. So that's one. And with these platforms, they're deploying those surveys, but these surveys are failing to collect and capture that important contextual nuanced information because they're siloed. You're doing this by yourself, all text-driven. You're not talking to someone. No one gets to ask follow-up questions. And you're doing it randomly, like maybe once a year. The exception to the rule is you're doing this biannually or quarterly, like that's the exception. And then the results from this, if you hear anything from an outcome with it, it's like 12 months later. And then you have all new problems, a new thought process, or it could even be the next day later, because when you took that engagement survey, you had a really great day or you had a really bad day, right? So that's one. So these employee experience and engagement survey platforms. Number two is like these team building solutions. So there's like team building solutions that are based off of interaction or slap bots or something that's like, yeah, go chat with your, with your um, colleagues and things like that. But it's very surface level. It's something that you're once again doing through text. And what it's doing is it's enabling and emphasizing the interaction, which is great, but it's not doing anything about behavioral change or learning and development. So when you hear team building, people immediately shift to have the mindset of like, oh, this is engagement morale instead of like, no, this is collaboration. This is dynamics. This is foundation laying. And then the third element that I was like, okay, here's the main gap that we're seeing is those learning management systems. So we're talking about learning and development and you were saying like, it deploys this and it deploys this like e-learning and you have this content database of thousands of thousands of courses and you're trying to figure out what the hell am I supposed to focus on at this point? Like, what do I need that development in? And it delivers this siloed, one size fits all fails to capture like impact metrics. It's really just capturing did you complete it or not, not your knowledge retention or how it's applied and applicable to your job and how's that showing up in your job. And so my main thought process was like, with these current solutions, leaders still have to make the connection between the data and the action. So it, it, you're not possibly maximizing that potential of each employee. They're not leaning in to do the own professional and personal development. It seems like an extra chore, like they get analysis paralysis when they're looking through all this content that's available if they're looking through it. And so for Keep Wool, that gap that we saw, we were like, there has to be a better way that these don't have to be three separate things. And that there could be a process that's an efficient process that doesn't seem like a heavy lift outside of your day-to-day work day, because you have your day job too, that you're able to do this. And so for us, for Keep Wool, we're focused on leaders at all levels who are seeking to efficiently develop their talent. And they use our platform, which we call it's an employee engagement retention platform that uses a play, reflect, and grow process. And so for play, we promote this live interaction using games that get teams to directly communicate in a effective way. And so you get your team building in there, but you're getting your collaboration, you're getting your dynamic aspect from there. Then we have these post-game reflection assessments that are collecting robust contextualized data and insights and goals. And it's all based on what's the specific objective for that game. What are you looking to accomplish, challenge, learn, understand, et cetera. And then our software uses those gameplay outcomes to deliver this just-in-time Q1 
curated content and action plan to solidify that behavioral change. And those actions, that content is delivered in, it's not a one size fits all, this is perfect for you. And so we are able with our platform, we're first able to transform any challenge, team objective, training content into these immersive storytelling games while simultaneously fostering engagement and learning. And so as a user is going through this, they don't feel like I'm doing something hr or, oh my gosh, this is like a waste of my time or not fun. They're enjoying it. And then after they're like, oh crap, I just learned this. I'm interested in developing here. I have this gap here. And it only takes 60 minutes a month to do this. So it's replacing one of your already scheduled team meetings. So you're not adding extra time. You're not doing anything more. You're taking a meeting that you're probably not getting a lot of benefit from and getting a whole lot of benefit. <laughs> no, every meeting's fully be- got full benefits, right? Yeah. Every uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it, well, you just summed up the problem statement that so many of us have, are, 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 are dealing with, which is it's like, it, where do I start? You know, and it's, you know, I, I think the other challenge is there's so many, there, there's so many different, different like platforms and ways to do it. And a lot of times we've got this, like this, it's like this Frankenstein monster of all these systems and programs that we try to use where it's like, well, don't forget about this tool or that tool or this tool. And we rolled this out three years ago and we used it, but I forgot about it. No, we got it better retrain on, you know. I mean, it's just, it, it's just so much, you know? So I, I'm curious, um, I'm, I'm curious on how you, how you came about figuring out that, that, that uh, gamifying it, um, it, it works. What, you know, what, what, what research led you to think, well, this might be a solution that actually drives, d- drives some of the, uh, the fixes to these problems. Yeah. So. There's a few things that led me to it because when I started Keep Wool in the process for like, what's the methodology we'll approach this with? It was actually from a personal standpoint. So it was how do I build these relationships, get this learning and understanding um, in my personal life in a quick and efficient way? Because I have lived in all the regions of the United States. As I said, I worked at five different companies. And so as I'm shifting and moving and changing jobs and stuff, you have to create those relationships quickly and creating them personally, creating a professional network, et cetera. And what I was always doing just naturally was kind of like this this question answer game. So it was when I come up and meet somebody and like we talking to them, and then we're like ripping. I'm like, well, let's just play a game. I'm going to ask you a question. You ask me what. And so then it was like, how do I expand this? Because I was being told by a lot of people that, hey, you're really good at like conversing and getting a lot out of folks and like understand. Like I was the person that knew all the policies and the ins and outs and like what salaries folks were making at work before it was like, oh yeah, this is public knowledge. Like put this on, like what level, which jobs are opening up soon before they get posted and things because I was able to have those conversations. And I would consistently get asked, how are you getting this information? What are you doing? And my whole approach to this was, well, if I share and I'm open and I'm vulnerable and I'm showcasing that like, hey, I trust you. This is a safe space. Like, I'm going to share. Others lean in too. So if I lean in, they'll lean back in. 
Mm. And I then started to think, how can we create this in some kind of game fashion? Because I had just had my first child. So this was in 2018, January of 2018. And I'm look, um, I had her in 2016, though. And so I'm looking at her going to preschool and daycare and how she's learning. I'm like, she's learning through play. She's learning through games. It's fun. She doesn't recognize she's learning. She's having fun. And so I then thought to myself, why, why aren't we doing this as grownups? We all have game nights. We like, just before the show started, we were talking about, uh, I was in Vegas. And so I like gambling. I liked playing games. And the main thing around it is games provide you structure, but they also provide that ambiguity, unexpectedness. You have to think on your feet. So all these different life skills that you have to deal with. And I'm like, how do we make this a game? And so much in the HR space, gamification was adding leaderboards to something and points, but it wasn't really making something a game and giving these rules and this structure around everything. And so I always was very heavily interested. I love playing games in general. So like would dive into the philosophy of gaming, the principles of gaming, and then thinking about the psychology and how our reward system works in our brain and that boost of dopamine that you get in that even if you're not very competitive, if someone's like, this is how you can win, you're going to put in the effort because you don't want to lose. And so it's one of those instances that as we just started testing this methodology out, we really saw people like leaning in because of those key aspects of just a board game that you'd play with your family and friends at home or a video game or something like all those different things that just have your senses going and making something fun. That's what we saw. And games are universal. Around the world, everyone plays games. So it's something that was understandable across the board. How's the reception been from like leadership when you're walking into businesses and saying, okay, we're going to get rid of the surveys because uh, nobody does anything with the results and we're going to change and we're going to change the game. So to speak. Yep. Tell, tell me about how that, how that looks with the, how those conversations go. Yeah. So it's very interesting because we just started, I want to say this past year, like this year, really doing cold outreach we had been really focused more so on how do we get to events and be able to showcase that this works? Because you'll hear something, especially in the workplace, when you're talking to adults, you're like, games and games in the workplace. Like, that is really like, what? And even when we were doing this before we entered it into the workplace, because as I said, we're thinking about this more some more so from like, personal development and like creating your own networks outside of this being in the workplace. And what we saw was as people was coming and experiencing this, they were like, I really need this in work. And so it wasn't us that went and said, this is for the workplace. It was these companies that came back to us and said, hey, an employee had experienced this or had been, had done this. Can you bring it into our place? And so initially we're doing this kind of team building thing. And then we built it out layer upon layer to really service the overall aspect of that engagement and learning and development. And so when we when we entered it, we have like we had to start being very specific with what kind of language we use. We can't go in and be like, this is a game centric platform. We're playing games. We're using games to do this. We had to come in. And if you like 
rewind back a little bit to listen how it gave like our elevator pitch. It was like AI power gamification to do blah, blah, blah. And then it's you come back and you're like, no, this is like games that then have all this other stuff. So it's not gamification where we added a leaderboard to something that's really not like a game. It's no, this is actually game, but it's doing all these other elements of all the other things that you're trying to get done that's not actually happening. And so the conversations that we're having with people, we're really redefining how are you looking at team building? How do you look at engagement and engagement platforms? How are you looking at learning and development? What's your real outcome you want it to be? And how can games work? And so when we attend conferences, we always give a sample of the experience. We play the game so people can understand like, oh, this is how it works. Um, we typically, we get a lot of foot traffic because we use the word gamification. It's the big buzzword in the HR space right now. So as soon as people see it, they always come to us and they're just like, can you gamify my materials? I'm like, we can take your materials and we can turn them into a keep game. But what we will not do is create a, a kid-like video game that is a siloed individual thing that makes us as adults feel like, do you think that my, like, are you trying to insult my intelligence? <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So we kind of have those different conversations. But the receptiveness with us using the word gamification instead of out the gate saying, you're going to play games is different. So it allows us the space to really explain, like, here's the full on process and methodology of how this works. I like that. It also it sounds like creates a lot of engagement, which is, which is with, you know, makes sense for teams that want it. And, and I love that because we get stuck so many times with so many organizations, they do engagement activities or surveys, but there's, they're, they're not intentional about it. Right. And, and like I said earlier, it's a lot of times they don't do anything with the results. So I love, I love the process and kind of the platform um, that you guys um, are creating. That's, that sounds awesome. Thank you. And like, even from that, cause from a like, what, how do our users feel about it and stuff? Because we service three audience really like HR leaders, those team managers or those division leaders, and then actually the teams. And so for us, for anything to be successful within these organizations, it has to be something that the user consistently wants to do and makes it sticky. And that's the main thing that we keep hearing back is like, I want to keep doing this. Like we need to make the space. Let's replace this meeting with one of these sessions. I'm looking forward to it because for the end user, what they're getting is it's providing that fulfillment. It's providing that connection, that reset from the rigors of the day and the stress. They get the, they get to be authentic and it's personalized. Or my favorite is like, it's not too corporate. It's one of my favorite hr things to do. That was something like, it's like, I never look forward to doing any hr thing. Uh, 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 I got that from a data scientist at Bear. That was like... This is the HR thing I actually look forward to doing with my team. This is fun. And so it's user-friendly and it's improving that team communication and collaboration and addressing team issues head-on and learning and development like mindset head-on. So it's really great. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's it's uh, fun for us. It's a fun company too. So I'm like, it's fun for us. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm going to start using that. I'm going to when I when I roll something out, I'll be like, we're we're not we're trying to make it not too HRE. <laughs> or I'm gonna use it as a verb like today I'm HRing. Yeah. Right. You know, like we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna embrace this, Patrick. Let's do this. Yes. I love it. I love it. If you look at our <laughs> website too, like 
If you go to the website, go to keepwell.com and stuff, you'll see that a playful element is in everything we do. Like, how can we make things just not so serious? Like, yes, HR, we have compliance things. We have legal applications that we have to focus on, but that's not the only responsibility of what HR is there to do. So how do we make it not that like bad word? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a low key curse word in like corporate America, right? It's like, oh, oh, HR is here, right? Like it's almost like saying, oh shit, Mm -hmm. you know, know, Mm -hmm. mind your P's and Q's. Yeah. We're trying to to change that. That's why I always call, uh, I always call Fridays HR Fridays because nobody wants to deal with their HR stuff until Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And that's when we get busy. You just get piled on, piled on, piled on. That is so true. It's, I swear, I swear. So today, so we are recording this on a Friday, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that like at like 4.45 p.m., uh, I'm going to get like like a couple emails where somebody clearly is like cleared their desk and they're like, here, I'm just going to throw this over the fence mm-hmm. and uh, and then and then run away for the weekend. <laughs> yep. It's coming. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sounds about right. It sounds about right. So if everyone else's catch-up day, it's your day to get all your work. Like all the assignments come in for you. Absolutely. You know, I, I, one of the things that I, I, so first of all, I think that the platform sounds, sounds awesome. And I, you know, I, I love the idea of changing the perception and the context of what, of learning and development. And this is something that's actually enjoyable and, and, and consumable. But one of the challenges that we run into so often is, it, it is how, ha- how much is this going to cost and, and what's mm-hmm. the benefit and what, you know, what, you know, I mean, I know this sounds fun and I know, I know people will like it, but what is this, you know, what, what does this look like? And I know that, that, that you've done a lot of research on that as it relates to what the, what the actual benefit mm-hmm. of learning and development looks like. And so, so would you share with us just a little bit about what, what some of your findings are and were as it relates to the, you know, the benefits of learning and development programs and investing in this type of work? Yes. So happy, like for any users listening to this and they're like, hey, I need something to go in to increase our budget spend for us to get more HR budget. We have a full ebook, like white paper that we're happy to share with you that just sets it, lays it all out for you to be like, this is why we need more spend in this space. Um, But we collect metrics in five key areas. So with ours, with everything we do and it's gameplay and things like that, we're still surrounded about around impact metrics. What's the people analytics? What's happening? And so we collect metrics in engagement, team dynamics, innovation, cultural intelligence, and job satisfaction. And so our research and what we have seen is for any individual that decides to leave a company, they've left for one of those five reasons that fall within one of those five reasons or more, one or more of them. And so for us to be able to keep a pulse on that and how we're leaning in, and this is a repeatable type of thing that people look to and enjoy and that you're consistently getting that data from because it's happening team by team and on a monthly basis, you're able to proactively work towards a lot of the things that your engagement surveys are being reacted to and that are trailing behind six to 12 months because now you have to have a data analyst and a data science go through, scientists go through all that information, then figure out what's the strategy and what's the plan. And like our software does all of that for you instantaneously. Like your action plans are built and everything else. 
And so I think that's one of the huge values. But for us, when we do the factor for job satisfaction, that's also one of our retention indicators. And we've increased retention by up to 30%. And so for an organization with a thousand employees with a standard 13% turnover rate and everything like that, we're saving them $4 million annually for this. And the price spend for it, for like a thousand person organization, it's about $80,000 and you're saving $4 million. So it's just kind of a no brainer. But even at scale, like for the enterprise sizes that we work with, our prices drop down to like $24 a year per employee. So like $2 per employee per month. So it, it really scales very well. And it, it, it works for those, especially those dynamic like hybrid organizations where you have remote people, you have people all across the country. You're trying to fit like one of those elements is that cultural intelligence. And we talk about that from like the different locations that people are working in, how they work best, how to best approach, give them feedback, how they learn best. And so all of like from that, like what's the return on investment? What's the benefit? Like what's the value of this? That's the main thing when it comes to price. It's like, okay, the expense for this, like the benefits and value majorly outweigh the cost. Yeah, the cross-organizational engagement alone uh, is a value value driver. That that's the hardest thing is because you know the remote people, it, you know, they don't feel like they're they're part of the corporation. You know, right. we don't feel the culture because we're not there. And it's like every organization is struggling with that too. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it's not one size fits all, right? It, right. It's, it, it what works for one doesn't work for another. So I mean, the idea for this is is um, just makes sense. Yep. We like to say, so our mission is unlocking understanding through play to build stronger relationships in the workplace and beyond. And how we set it up, we got kind of have a Venn diagram type of situation where like we live in that intersection of a hybrid workforce, next generation collaboration and human connectivity. So we just fall in that sweet spot of like making all that happen and more. Absolutely. Love it. So uh, as as far as the white paper is concerned, I think there's some fascinating takeaways. You know, I, I do think that, you know, it's one of the things that we run into to a lot and it's, you know, the challenge is having that data to back it up, right? It's that, hey, this is, this is the cost. This is what we're seeing. This is the cost benefit analysis. And, right. you know, so, hey, look, look at how small this investment is. But I, I think the other thing I would say to HR professionals is you've also got to be willing just to simply have that conversation and, and, I would say more often than not, when I've taken a well thought out proposal, even if the data isn't 100% black and white, typically I don't get turned down unless there's an economic reason, like right. we literally can't do it at a company. Usually the basis is there. It makes sense to do to invest in this, but somebody needs to be the advocate for it. Right. And that's where I look at HR departments to say, okay, if it's not working at your organization, side note, it probably isn't, uh, or, there's an, or there's gaps. Um, then you have to be the advocate. You have to be willing to stand up and, and raise your hand and say, hey, this this needs an investment. Our people are telling us they want this. And if we don't do this, they're going to go somewhere else. It's as simple as that. You've got to be that rebel. you got to be yeah, the there rebel. You go. <laughs> That's why I love the name of this podcast because I'm like, you have to be a rebel. It seems like an oxymoron for what, like in the space that we focus in, but it's, Every industry has broken status quo and it's about time like COVID, um, 
George Floyd's murder, everything that we're going through, we are now at that, just at that point where, no, we've got to break the mold. It can't, like, status quo is not going to work any longer. I was, um, one of our head of sales, he loves making videos like the TikTok style videos and posts them on social media. And he recently posted one about like different statements that get said to individuals by HR or by their leaders. And it's mm. kind of like those cage responses. And um, he had said something about, okay, have you ever attempted to have a conver- an open and honest conversation about where I'm at in my current role, possible frustrations, your unhappiness, your disengagement, stress, burnout, or thinking about leaving because you're not having these resolved. And he's like, and you heard one of these answers and the answers are like, uh, we don't negotiate with our employees. You have to do what's best for you. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um, we don't want to lose you, but, and I'm like, and what, when he posted, I was like, I've heard all of those. I've worked <laughs> five companies. I've heard all of them more than once from someone. And I'm like, and when it was heard, because I'm sure all the listeners, even where it's an audience of HR um, practitioners, but I'm sure you've even heard it yourself or had to say it because it's like yeah. your script. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> when it's heard, that's when you're thinking it's like, I want to quit. I'm about to quietly quit or I just actually quit right here on the spot. Like this is what's happening in COVID just had, you saw just an influx of that. Like that yeah. said, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> this said, I quit. Like, or in their mind, they're like, and I'm gonna take care of myself <laughs> and well-being. I'm gonna move that mouse around. It shows that I'm green online, but I'm really doing this thing. And like, that's where your mind goes to because you're like, okay, they're not going to lean into me and put in the effort for what I need to be most successful. I'm not going to do it for them. And it's changeable. It's not hard, but you have to recognize it. You have to like, and then you have to be willing to like break that mold and say, let's try something new. Let's try something different. And that's where we're at at this point. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think, unfortunately, we all know that script because we've all been coached to say those things, whether it's whether it's today or it was, you know, 20 years ago, that's that is the playbook, right? Yeah. And and it's time it's time for a new playbook. And quite frankly, our employees uh, are demanding uh, a different playbook. So we need to we need to be listening. With that, I want to transition. We're going to keep on the rebel theme. We're going to shift into the rebel HR flash round. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here we go. Question number one: Where does HR need to rebel? I think HR needs to rebel in the sense that HR, we know, is a cost center. And I think they need to rebel and f- figure out a way to think of themselves as a profit and loss center. So when I talked about that white paper, we really lean into like, no, we bring in your biggest asset, which is your people. This, your people are creating the profit. We are the profit makers. Like, yes, the sales department sells the products. Yes, the engineering department builds the products. but we get you the people to enable you to do that. And here's how we need to be able to best support them. And I think in a lot of instances where I see this, there's just that mindset more so of like, oh, we don't want to, we need to be more conservative with our costs and like figure out a way to not support this where it's like, no, we need resources. You can't hire, I think about this with DEI all the time. You can't make a head of DEI and then think they're about to solve all your DEI problems. Like, (laughs) 
you know, they need resources, they need support, they need technology, they need, like, there's so much that they need. So no, that that does not solve the problem. Um, them creating a survey and then getting all the inputs. You've just gotten inputs, which they've been giving you inputs if you've been listening. It's not going to solve the problem. So I think that's the biggest um, space that I think rebellion needs to happen is our mindset and thinking of ourselves as, no, we're the ones who are actually making this company money by what we do to provide the resources that enable those departments. Absolutely. I think that mind shift. Couldn't agree more. Question number two, who should we be listening to? Your employees. <laughs> kind of a short putt for you, isn't it? You know, like, <laughs> like, listen to them. I mean, you can read all the books. You can listen to this podcast, like this podcast. Listen to this podcast. Like, I like it. Rebels. How should we be thinking outside of the box? But listen to the employees and don't just listen, like proactively do something about mm-hmm. what's being said. Like, yeah, that's simple. Listen to the employees. <laughs> Love it. And then finally, you know, we've been talking a lot about about uh, your organization and some of the work that you do. How can people uh, learn more and, and connect with you? Yeah, if you want to learn more in a fun way and just get like insights and just fun messaging and the videos that I'm talking about and stuff, follow us on LinkedIn. Um, that's where we post all of our content, but you can find us at Keep Wool on link- all social media platforms. Um, so you can find us there, but really recommend follow us on LinkedIn. You'll get all your daily dose of that, um, throughout the week. Uh, our website is keepwool.com. So keepwol.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. You get some fun treats and information and, um, just knowledge. Like we really like to educate too. So it's not just like, we want to sell, sell, sell. It's like, let's just make people aware. Let's educate. Let's give tips on how you could think of this from a different perspective. So we always like to provide value, even though if we're not making a sell. Um, and then we also have complimentary sessions and games. So like for you to experience it and just be like, oh yeah, I, I like this. I'm, I'm enjoying it. So keepwell.com and then on socials, find us by searching keepwell. Absolutely. We will have all those, uh, those links in the show notes. So you know, open up your podcast player, check it out. Um, get connected. Uh, Lauren, this has just been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for driving innovation uh, in, in our space and continuing to uh, to help out organizations. Well, I thank you both, Patrick and Kyle, for being rebels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been fun. you creating this space for other rebels because I, I'm confident that there's a lot of rebel-minded people in HR and they just need to be given permission to we're all low key right now we gotta we gotta step out a little bit so lauren you're you're <laughs> definitely you're, you're in the same group as us so three rebels today it's yes. been, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> thank you lauren enjoy enjoy your weekend you keep too. on playing thank you <laughs> all right thanks all right that does it for the rebel hr podcast big thank you to our guests follow us on facebook at rebel hr podcast twitter at rebel hr guy or see our website at rebelhumanresources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that we represent. No animals were harmed during the filming of this podcast. Baby.